Hey there, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Today is Sunday, November the 7th, 2021. Uh, we're on standard time now, so I hope you've set your clocks and you're ready to roll with me today. Um, <clears throat> my name is Melvin Gaines. I should probably say that once in a while. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> That's right. Let's go ahead and get started with a um, uh, musical selection uh, provided by our praise team. Uh, it is Nashville Life Music, uh, My God, and it, it's also featuring Mr. Talkbox. So you'll get to see that in one moment. And good morning, Laura. Thanks for being here this morning. Here is the music. Amen. Hi, Ronnie. Good morning. Welcome. Oh, you're in California. Oh, boy. Well, welcome, welcome. You're up nice and early. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. Really nice song. Hey, Arlen. Good morning. Nashville Life Music. Arlen and Angie. I probably should always say Arlen. When I say Arlen, I should probably just say Arlen and Angie. You're right. Thank you. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Good morning, Clorinda. How are you? Amen. Roscoe, there you are. Good morning. Good morning. There you go. Hey, Jackie, how are you? Good morning. And for those who are wondering, that's not Roger from Zap. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> Does sound like him, doesn't it? That talk box. If I put the talk box on, I'd sound like him, too. Getting ready for work. Well, I wish you well for work today. Hmm. I'll tell you. Hey, Lisa. Good morning. (laughs) 
keep this song in the bank. This is a really good song to start. Here's a fun fact for you, Jackie. There was a time in my distant past, I used to work seven days a week at the florist shop, my uncle's florist shop in East Cleveland. And I had to take the bus to get down there and then take the bus home. That was, those were exciting times. <laughs> but you do what you can to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, I was pretty young then. This was not too far removed from uh, high school, a little bit of early college stuff, so. I was much younger. More energy. Just like that song had energy. I'll tell you, that's a beautiful song. That is, that is a keeper. I'd like to keep that song for future reference just uh, it just uh, does a good job getting you started here um thank you again uh, arlen for uh, and uh for that we really appreciate it that's a great song nashville life music the song is called my god and is featuring mr Talkbox. okay we have a couple of announcements to make before we get started with sunday school this morning and the sunday school is pretty well this was a jovial moment here this is a little bit more serious uh so i'm just kind of giving you a heads up right now about it and uh, it's it's not anything tragic. It's just about the message that's involved here. That's all. It's nothing uh, nothing of that nothing dire. But we just have to pay attention to what the word says and and pray for those individuals. Let's just uh, give you a tid, tidbit here. Pray for those people who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. We have to always take that approach that we are praying for people that we know who do not know the Lord. Whoever whoever has been on the fence, whoever has been sandbagging about it. They may know spiritual matters, but they don't necessarily um, uh, follow the Jesus the way you know we would think they would. So while none of us can know what a person does or wants to do, we still have to pray for them that they make the right choice and they make the right decision to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Um, we will have um, the message today. Keep up the pace is the message today. And uh, there will be a message uh, live in church. And there will be a message um, online as well to following Sunday School. Uh, for those of you who are not coming to church today, uh, please stay tuned on the timeline for the message. Uh, it is pre-recorded. It will be ready for you whenever you can get to it. That's one thing we also want to remind people about, too. Once we record these, they're there in our timeline for uh, the foreseeable future, and they're available for you to come back and look at and and, uh, of course, we have a podcast where we have all of these uh, items are also available on our podcast, uh, Akron Alliance Fellowship. That's through iTunes. Um, there's all different. iTunes is the main place where we have it. You can always go back and refer to all of our materials uh, for learning and teaching purposes. We appreciate your keeping that in mind. It's provided free of charge. It's not. There's no charge for it whatsoever. That's the big great thing about it. So... Uh, it's available, and for those of you who know people who like what we do and like what we've been doing, uh, you're welcome to refer them to our page, Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, as well as our podcast. 
Um, if you want to find the podcast, I'll, ultimately you can go to AkronAlliance.org and you will find a link um, from our links to the podcast itself as well, and and just refer people to it. We we welcome that. Uh, it's we've got a lot of material on there. There's a lot of historical data available for anyone who has questions about the word or has questions about what's going on. Oh, so anyway, uh, keep up the pace. The message today will be available online and live in church. Um, so we invite you to stay tuned for that. And also, please remember your tithes and offerings. We've got church business to take care of. And uh, you may have heard the appeal last week about the new floor that we need. And it's just something to pray about and pray about what you can contribute. We uh, do not want anyone to feel as though that they're compelled to go into debt to do this. Uh, but they, but you should make a contribution to our church just to help the church function. Hey, Greg, um, and thanks, thanks for uh, popping in. Uh, Joanna and Charles, thanks for being here as well, too. Just want to mention those that just came on. So remember your tithes and offerings, and if you are mailing your tithes and offerings, please mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road. That's in Akron, Ohio. That's 44320. And uh, we, we ha still are debating whether or not we're going to have available online contributions. I don't know yet. Um, Got to kind of weigh that for what it's worth and the cost involved. That, that's really what the issue is more than anything else. It you know, when you have something set up for ease, it's not for free. Let's put it that way. There's a cost for it. So we'll keep that in mind. There's a possibility we'll do that. We don't know yet, but uh, um, we'll see how it goes. Okay. And that, I believe, covers the, the business at hand as far as our church is concerned. Uh, Greg, we're still praying for Carolyn, by the way. Just want to make sure that she's doing okay as well. Um, thank you for uh, – Lynn just mentioned that as well, too. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, just keeping her in prayer that she's recovering, doing nicely, and that all is well. And that's all we can do is pray for that and pray and pray for the health of our church members as well, too. We have a few people who have a few nicks and a few bumps and bruises that they need to be prayed about. Um, I'm, I'm calling those <laughs> – I wasn't being that specific. <laughs> but uh, but I, I am praying for those people who have uh, issues where they have to, you know, just dealing with general pain management, that type of thing. Uh, Larry and Ann, good morning. Thanks for being here as well, too. Okay, let us move forward with the text for today. It is a brief text, and it's helpful that it's brief because I have to get down to church. <laughs> but uh, it's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. Hebrews 10, verses 26 through 31. We are in the mode of teaching here in Hebrews about specifically the... Uh, superiority of faith, uh, and the call to persevere. But there's a section here that I felt was stood alone by itself compared to what we talked about last week, and it has to do with what happens when people don't believe or don't uh, trust the word that they already have knowledge of. That is a really dire situation for a person who is on the fence or has not made a commitment and that's what we'll be talking about today. It's a, it's a pretty heavy text, but we're going to go and look at it, and we're going to look at what I, what I want you to do when you look at this text and you listen to, listen to what I have to say through the power of the Spirit, not by my words, but what the Spirit says. But ultimately, someone in your life does not know the Lord. Someone in your life very close to you does not know the Lord. These are people that you should be lifting up to Jesus every single day. 
about their salvation, about them making the decision. It's, it is so easy for a person to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's at the same time for some of them, because Satan is busy, busy as all get out, it's very difficult for them because there's a lot of distractions that keep them from the proper focus. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and get started and get into this with a word of prayer. And again, just keeping in mind the overall importance of you praying for those people in your life who do not know you. And, and also, let's, let's bring it back to ourselves as well, too. Praying for ourselves that we continue to grow in Christ. We need to be able to grow in many different ways. We're just getting started in our faith, everybody. There's a lot of growth that's taking place, I trust, in your life. There are a lot of experiences that are new to you that you're experiencing or have been new to you. And it's being done in such a way for us to teach us and provide instruction for us to get right back to Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and pray right now. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for your very presence in the power of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to minister on your behalf. I pray that the words used are not my words, but your words. I pray that the teaching that is being presented is strictly from you. And I just give you thanks and praise uh, for being a vessel for you, and also thanks and praise for everyone who's listening. I pray that each and every person has such a day where they recognize your presence in all aspects of what they're doing. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty, everybody. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 26 through 31. Hebrews 10, verses 26 through 31. And I, I did have coffee. <laughs> Make sure we take sip that uh, as much as necessary. Okay, Hebrews 10, verses 26 through 31. I'm going to read verse 26 and go down to 31. This is the New Living Translation. Please follow along with your version. It says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Verse 27, there is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. Verse 28. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Verse 29. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant <clears throat> which made us holy as if it were common and unholy, and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. He also said, the Lord will judge his own people. Verse 31, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Now that, I tell you, that I, there's so many things that are popping in my head as I say that i that last particular verse, it just made me think about David. When David, after he had sinned by taking the census, he was given the option of did he want to uh, fall under the hands of the men or the people or fall under a God's hand because he knew that God would be 
Maybe he perhaps he thought God would be merciful to him. I don't know. But that's it's very, it's very under the hands of man. You don't ever want that <laughs> because we just read earlier. Anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses, which when I read that for the first time, uh, just going over this lesson, I said, whew, that's pretty harsh, too, because um, the trust is, is that those two or three witnesses are telling the truth about you, isn't it? Uh, that's why you don't want to fall into the hands of man. You want to be under the hands of God. But, but we need to understand that there is a consequence when we fail to acknowledge Jesus Christ. And falling into his hands is not something that you are going to uh, be excited about. So let's go back over this passage. This is, a, like I said, it's only six verses, but it, boy, it's loaded. It's got some good stuff here. And um, feel free to, as you go through this, to put some comments in the uh, section of the text uh, if you're able to. Uh, if not, you can save them for questions for later. But but we can we can try to go back and look at those and answer those if you have them as well, too. I, I don't mention that very often because the, the format here is such that it's really just me kind of talking and and people listening, which is a little bit different than the traditional Sunday school, but we do have the ability to communicate with you. It's just a matter of you using that uh, 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 the text, the following the texting here as well too. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get started. Back to verse 26 of Hebrews 10. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we receive knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Now. Notice that the text here is talking about deliberately continue sinning after receiving knowledge of the truth. Now, let's, we need to make sure we break out what that represents because we don't want to misunderstand something here. We don't want to um, make the assumption that a person who is saved will lose their salvation. We'll talk about that more in a second. But we, we want to understand that the offer of salvation is present for all non-believers. But it's up to the believer, the non-believer, to accept and become a believer. And that's what has to happen. The offer is always out there. Okay, so when people deliberately reject Christ's offer of salvation, they're doing what? Rejecting God's most precious gift. It is his most precious gift for all of us. It's the most precious gift because that allows us to be transformed from death to life. We have a place to go to because we believe and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and we know that that place is with him in fellowship in heaven. But if we don't accept that offer of salvation, we now subject ourselves to, we, we basically have denied Jesus Christ, denied the Holy Spirit, denied his truth, that we don't need our creator. That's essentially what we're saying, because Jesus Christ was there in the at the present, in the time when we were created as human beings, as man and woman, he was there. He was present. And what we're saying is when we deny the offer of salvation, we are denying God's offer uh, to live with him. We are denying our creator. That is a grave thing to do. That is something that is just, you just don't want to be in that situation. And I don't know that we explain it enough sometimes for people. You have to understand the Holy Spirit is the one who is leading people to make that choice to, to accept Christ as Savior. It's the Spirit that's doing it. We've seen this all throughout the text. We have it corroborated that the Spirit is the one who speaks to people, uh, touches individuals, taps them on the shoulder, however you want to re refer to it. 
But he's the one that is making the offer, and that is what he has been doing. But if, it's, if they ignore the Spirit, if those people who don't uh, trust in Jesus, that they ignore the Spirit, because that's what they're doing, they are denying the fact that God loves them, they're denying the fact that God is present. Uh, they're just denying all aspects of who God is. Now, we know that that's true for people who have declared themselves to be atheists. Uh, agnostic is another term that is used as well, too, uh, where they just question who God is. And there's a difference between being an atheist and agnostic. And agnostic is... Uh, essentially, there's an opportunity to witness to an agnostic because if they don't have any idea, then teaching must, must take place for that person who uh, is in doubt as to God's presence or existence. They just don't know who he is. They may not necessarily uh, believe that he, uh, there is no God. Uh, atheists are the ones that more put that in place, that there is no God. And atheists ultimately worship themselves. We always remember that when you talk to an atheist or you hear about someone who's an atheist, the worship is not of God because there is no God, but the worship is of self because we all are wired to worship someone. And I don't know if you recognize that or not, but we are all wired that way. That is how God created us and made us. We're going to worship something. Uh, it's not going to be like, I'm not going to worship anybody. No, if, you, if you're not worshiping God, then you're worshiping yourself or you're worshiping Satan or you're worshiping um, the world, or you're worshiping your possessions, or you're worshiping those things that you deem to be more important um, than God. So ultimately, we need to recognize that there's all different kinds of things we can worship because we're wired that way. And those who don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are ultimately not worshiping Christ. They're worshiping something else. Now, this warning uh, that we read in verse 26 of Hebrews 10 was given to the Jewish Christians who were attempted to reject Christ for Judaism. Now, they had already been told that Jesus Christ was this high priest. He was the one who was uh, essentially the new and better covenant over the old covenant. The old covenant was demonstrating how much we sinned, and there was a need for a ritualistic healing of that sin through the uh, sacrifice of uh, animals, uh, the spreading of the shedding of blood, and it was because of our obedience to that particular ritual uh, as uh, the priests were doing the either regularly or the high priest once a year. Uh, that was what was given. We were given forgiveness of sins by God because of our obedience. That was the reason. But with Jesus Christ, we didn't need that anymore. We just now need to obey and, ref and uh, reflect upon Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, acknowledge him as our Savior, and our sin is covered. And thank goodness for that, because we're still sinning all the time. Amen? We still sin every day. Uh, there's different ways we sin, but we recognize that as we repent and turn from our sin and go back to God, he does, by the way, Jesus does, through the power of the Spirit, give you the ability to sin less and less in certain areas. Now, there are going to be areas that we're going to have to always go back to him and ask for uh, repentance and ask for forgiveness but understand something. Verse 26 says, If you deliberately continue sinning after receiving the knowledge of truth, there's no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins because you're rejecting Jesus Christ. That's the whole point here. You've, if you've never acknowledged him as Savior, that's the category you're in. You've reject, you're rejecting Christ. And we want to make sure the, the, the teacher here in Hebrews is wanting to make sure 
that the Jewish Christians were not rejecting Christ or another religion because they knew enough, they had enough information to make the decision to acknowledge Christ as Lord. That's the whole thing about this teaching here. When people go to church all the time, you know, teaching is taking place normally. There's something being taught when you go to a church where you, you take part in a, um, well, Sunday school, of course, but take part and listen to the sermon. There's teaching taking place. And if you're in church for 40 years or 30 or 40 years and you don't know any more about Christ, something's not right. And it's not about what is necessarily being taught. It's about you not knowing what's uh, what you're doing because even with that listen you're supposed to be the berean in acts chapter 17 verse 11 going to see if what is being said is true if you're just taking everything for face value that's on you and that's not good for you to do that and because honestly if you want to know more about jesus christ you've got to get into his word and go back and see what the pastor is saying and and see if it's true these are things that we have the responsibility of doing um no one should be making any excuses about um well i didn't learn this or i didn't learn that well that's not always the church's responsibility that's your responsibility to learn more about jesus christ that is your responsibility that's always been your responsibility when you show up uh, at, at high school or college and go to class the, the material is being presented there, but it's your responsibility to take notes. It's your responsibility to study for tests. It's your responsibility to make sure that you have complete understanding. You can ask questions during the class. You can talk to the teacher after class if you're not sure. You can get a tutor if you need it. These are all things that you have to do. These are all things that you have to take part in. And that's why I, I, it's a very, very dire situation for a person who hears the truth, knows the truth, is aware of the truth, and just doesn't get it done, just doesn't make that decision. That is a, a dire situation. Um, Christ's work, uh, atoning work, is something that helps us to turn away from sin. And we need to understand that Jesus Christ is at the center of this discussion, of course. He's the one that we need to recognize. Now, I did want to cover one verse to make sure that there's complete understanding since we're talking about this uh, in detail. When the writer in Hebrews in verse, 20, verse 10, 26 is talking about no longer any sacrifice. You have to understand something. There is a position that a person takes a stand on that if you take that stand and you don't move from it, well, Jesus is not going to move from his stand. You've got to recognize that you have to acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior. So, I mean, if you want to call it a standoff, I don't know what you want to call it, but it would be foolish to do so. But the beauty of our believing in the Lord Jesus Christ is that because we believe, go to John chapter 10, verses 28 and 29. John 10, verses 28 and 29. Jesus is the one who gives us eternal life. Jesus is. And good morning, Vicki. Thanks for joining us this morning. Um, verse 28 of John chapter 10. And I'm going to read this from the English Standard Version. So follow along in your version. I give them eternal life. This is Jesus speaking. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. 
And I'll just add in verse 30, you don't need to add that in the text, Lynn. Uh, I and the Father are one, because we need to clarify and make sure that people understand that Jesus Christ and the Father are one, meaning that they are both part of the Godhead. The third part is the Holy Spirit, and all of them, three persons, one, three persons in one, and they represent God himself, okay? And so when Jesus says this, and he's, he's also mentioning the Father here, if Jesus grants eternal life, you are there. That is it. And no one snatching them out of their hand means Satan can't snatch us out of uh, God's hand. No one, nothing can do so. That's what we have to recognize here. That's the beauty of this thing. If we recognize who Jesus Christ is as Lord and Savior, we have salvation, eternal life. There's no backsies. There's no changes of mind. There's nothing like that. Um, that's what we have to recognize here. He doesn't take it. He doesn't change his mind. God is, a, we, we serve a God who doesn't change his mind. We've read things back in the Old Testament about where he had regret for uh, it creating man uh, because they were so evil. They were just so, the, the sin was so repugnant that God was witnessing of the people, it was repugnant. Remember, God hates sin. He doesn't like sin. He doesn't like what sin does to people. And these people were corrupt beyond. This is this is what we need to see here. Remember, um, God only uh, saved Noah and his family. All others perish. What that meant was that there was no one else who was even willing to consider God as Lord. Can you imagine that? Think about that for a moment. None of them, adults, young adults, older adults, none of them were willing to acknowledge uh, God uh, in any way, shape, or form. Only Noah and his family did. And we have to understand that. Um, it's, it's just a, a tragic thing. What sin does, it is a corrupting thing. It can condemn you. And it did condemn those people. And I'm going to trust that those people who died in the flood are not going to be in heaven because they, if you reject God, it's the same principle as uh, if we reject God here uh, and do not acknowledge uh, Jesus Christ as Lord. So that's something that's important for us to see. We, we always want to take into account Christ's atoning work. Uh, that is very important for us to see and emphasize that we have to have this atonement done because we... Um, we can be cut off. Go to Numbers 15, uh, verse 30 and 31. And there, there's deliberate references here in the Old Testament, um, as well just as well as this passage. It says in Numbers 15, 30, but the person who does anything with a high hand, whether he is native or a sojourner, that's whether he is a, a Jew or a Gentile or whoever. Whoever is traveling, uh, whoever moves uh, back and forth, reviles the Lord, and that person shall be cut off from among his people. So it didn't matter where you were or what group of people you were in or what class you were in. If you reject the Lord, you should be cut off because you've made a decision to reject him. Rejecting him is, is one of those final decisions that you make. Uh, it's... It's more final than signing a contract. You know, there may be a way you can actually work through a contract issue by uh, communicating with the other party. But rejecting the Lord is something that you make a firm decision to do, and there's no getting around it. Verse 31 of Numbers 15, because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment, that person shall be utterly cut off. 
His iniquity shall be on him. Do you see the emphasis here utterly? I mean, these are very, very strong terms that are being used about people who make a conscious effort with the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord, rejecting him as Lord and Savior, and saying, I don't need you. There's a dire consequence that comes with that. For the sake of time, I'm going to keep moving here. But there is no other acceptable sacrifice for sin other than the death of Christ on the cross. If anyone deliberately tries or deliberately rejects, excuse me, the sacrifice of Christ after clearly understanding the good news of teaching about it, then there's just no way for that person to be saved. There's no way because God has not provided any other name for anybody else. Uh, nobody else has provided those extra names, not Oprah, not anybody else. Anybody else, we're saying there's more than one way of going, then there is no other name under heaven or earth that where you can be saved, and that is what is being taught. Um, God has not provided any other name in all of heaven for people to call on them to save him, uh, for save, being saved. Excuse me. Go to Acts 4.12 real quick. A lot of people probably have trouble with the word no one. What do you think? No one. I, I, no one else. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a final sound, isn't it? There's no, other, there's no other way to interpret it. It's like it, no one, people don't like to be told no about anything, do they? <laughs> it's like no one else. There's no other person by name. And so we, we have the flesh that says, well, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another way. No. Uh, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You reject Jesus Christ, that's it. You can't go somewhere else and look for a way to get a, a keys, the keys to heaven. You won't have the keys to heaven. Um, it's not going to work that way. Okay, let's move on. Um, got to the first verse. That's ridiculous, but that's... <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. But the rest of it is going to move, move much quicker, much quicker, much quicker. Uh, verse 27 of Hebrews 10, there is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. I can't think of anywhere else in Scripture where this is mentioned other than the mention with the rich man and Lazarus in the book of Luke as well, too, um, about fire, a raging fire, a flame. Uh, that's... I, I'm, there may be another place. I don't know of it. Um, that's something that uh, if that may be a, a homework project for you. If you can find another place, let me know. Uh, I don't know of another one. Then verse 28, For anyone who has refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Remember what we just said about falling into the hands of man? That's what happened back in the day. That's what was going on. Two or three witnesses will have someone put to death because they didn't follow the Lord. Um, it's worse, honestly, today because we have Jesus Christ as the focal point. Uh, we have Jesus Christ as the one who we should be looking to. Verse 29 of Hebrews 10, just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant, which made us holy as if it were common and unholy. You made it cheap. We can make it cheap. We can cheapen its value. And have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit, which brings God's mercy to us. Insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit. Do you ever think that 
the Spirit is offended if you reject him? Um, I would say yes. We, we, we have to understand we, we have a God who is emotional. He, he is not uh, uh, blubbering or anything like that over something like that. He recognizes the heart of man. He recognizes what your heart is. And he would be disappointed. He would be, um, he would be disdained uh, because that means you've made your decision because he knows your heart and only he knows what your heart can do. As far as turning around, and the prayer is that you always turn around until the time you leave here. That's one thing that's really important, too. But always believe that even though God is saying people reject him, it doesn't mean that he still doesn't want them to come into fellowship with them. It's like a friend, a long-lost friend that you know is out there, and that friend um, you just doesn't want to reach out to you, just doesn't want to talk to you, doesn't want to do anything. Of course, that's disappointing. Of course, that would cause you to be upset. It would not be pleasant. And you have to understand, that's how, God, that's how much God loves us. He doesn't want people to reject him. It's his will that everyone comes to a saving knowledge of him. But we already know, we've already said in the past, people reject his will all the time. They, they would rather follow their own will. That's actually um, a piece of the message today. Um, talking about keeping up the pace, but we'll get to that when we get to it. But we need to recognize that people insult and disdain the Holy Spirit because of what the sacrifice of Jesus Christ has meant. It's tied to the Spirit. And so to scorn Christ's sacrifice is to insult the Holy Spirit. Um, it's an arrogance that comes with rejection. It's an arrogant thing to reject Jesus Christ. Arrogant because you think you know more than he does. You don't think you need him. You don't, you don't think you need the very one who created you. That's what you're saying. That's what you'd be saying. And that's, what, that's the de declaration that you have made for all time. And so that's why we always emphasize, and people don't always understand it, when you reject Jesus Christ... Um, you condemn yourself. The punishment is there because you decided you didn't need God and you're denying your own creator. Well, you didn't create yourself. So there is, you, there's a place here where you have to kind of figure out exactly what, what are you doing when you reject Jesus Christ. You, a lot of people do so in arrogance and in foolishness. Because they think that what they are involved in is much more important, what they're doing. Or they're just following Satan. I mean, you know, just flat out worshiping Satan. I've heard people say that I worship Satan, I follow him. You know, the old pentagram upside down, um, whole routine with the symbolism. And um, I, I always, uh, it's amazing how deluded people get. And, and they contribute to their own delusion. Do you understand that? They contribute to their own delusion because they're rejecting the very one who created them. And we just recognize that that is, that is what people do. It's an arrogance in rejecting God. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not just a force or an influence. The Holy Spirit's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Does the Holy Spirit, has the Holy Spirit taken different forms in scripture, absolutely, but that doesn't change who he is. He's still a person, a person of Jesus Christ, person of God, person of the Holy Spirit. They're all three persons. Um, 
And to reject him is to cut off the means of God's acceptance. It's through the Spirit. You're cutting it off. And that's interesting how they're saying these, these people should be cut off from others who reject the Lord Jesus Christ. You should be cut off because you're, you're cutting yourself off from that fellowship. And, and honestly, when, when you're being condemned or taken out of a group of people, you know, we, you can talk about what we do. It's, it rarely happens, but people, when they are uh, excommunicated from their churches, they're, they're told to leave their churches just because they are making a decision to not be redeemed under the blood of Christ. They don't want to uh, deal with their sin. That's, that goes back to verse 26. If you deliberately can keep sinning, first of all, we have to make the assumption you don't know the Lord. That's the assumption you have to make. If, if you have a habit of sinning, then you really don't know the Lord. So that's why we don't get into this whether or not a person is saved or not, because it's up to the person to make that personal choice. That is what has to happen. And you don't lie to God about something like this. Either you are saved, either you know Jesus, or you don't. And you can't lie. He already, yeah, right. He already knows where you are. He already knows what your position is. So, lying about it will just condemn you. You, you're just going to condemn yourself. And that's the thing. There, maybe, and I pray that there are none like this around us in our midst. There, there's no one in our midst who knows the, who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ and pretends to know Him. I pray that that's not happening, because that means that you are basically deluding yourself to a place where you just don't have a good relationship with the Lord and you don't have any relationship with the Lord and you need to repent of your sin before it's too late. You don't ever want to do that. Don't ever be in the presence of other believers and say, I, I know the Lord and you, you don't have a true relationship with Jesus Christ. I just mentioned that because it just came to mind. Um, okay. I had to think about that for a minute. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Go to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, verses 31 and 32. We've had this study. This is Jesus. This will be Jesus' words speaking. We've had this study in the past about the unforgivable sin because that's essentially what this passage is covering. And there's a lot of teaching out there that is incorrect when it comes to uh, the unforgivable sin. You know, suicide has been put into that category where if you if you commit suicide, uh, you have uh, uh, condemned yourself to hell uh, for doing so. Uh, if you do not uh, know the Lord Jesus Christ, and or if you do know the Lord Jesus Christ, excuse me, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you commit suicide, then that would be a condemnation of some sort. That's not true at all. Um, if you don't know the Lord and commit suicide, yeah, you will be uh, you will be in hell. There's no question about that. But look what it says here in Matthew 12:31, uh, just to make sure that we're very clear about this. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. Now, look at this. Jesus himself is saying something very important here. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Now, why does Jesus say that? Because a lot of people who know the Lord now 
probably heard all kinds of bad stuff about himself when they were cussing up and cussing and fussing, taking the Lord's name in vain, all those things. You have to understand something. That'll be forgiven if you had these words that were just not kind about Christ. But denying the spirit is much more important because well, who do we just say, get through saying is the one who is bringing people to Jesus Christ? It's the spirit. The spirit is the one. Jesus is the, is the thought in mind as we acknowledge who Jesus Christ is as Lord. Because ultimately the spirit, and when he says I and the father are one, the spirit is also one with him as well too. But he's deliberately making a comment about the charge that the spirit has been given changing the hearts and minds of men and women all over the world that's the spirit's job the spirit's responsibility if you respect if you don't respect the spirit if you deny the spirit you're denying jesus christ and that is an unforgivable sin for those individuals who do not know the lord jesus christ you condemn yourself it is an unforgivable sin to spend time on this is good it, it's it's a heavy topic but we want to make sure we understand something. People who insult the Holy Spirit, uh, who brings God's mercy, it's the message of life. It's the message of God's grace and mercy that is being brought to you, and you say you don't need it. Well, of course it's insulting to God. Of course he's not going to forgive that if you deny him in that way. And remember, we saw demonstrations of how um, uh, Eli's sons were evil beyond measure. They did not. They were priests. They were priests in the priesthood, and they and they basically trampled all over their priesthood. They did. They they basically stole from people who were giving offerings, bringing in food offerings. They stole and ate the meat for themselves. They they disdained God. They disdained God, and God put them to death. Because he knew their hearts would not change. You would read it as much that he had determined that he was going to put them to death. He had already made the decision, even before they were put to death, that they'd be put to death. That's, that's how bad they were. They disdained God altogether. And we need to understand that there's people out there like Eli's sons that need prayer. We need to pray for a change of heart. Pray that they are not so far gone that they leave here without Jesus Christ. That's what we need to be make sure we're doing. Okay. I'm going to take a deep breath after this one. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 30 and 31. We don't want to insult the Holy Spirit, right? Verse 30. For we know the one who said, I will take revenge, I will pay them back. He also said the Lord would judge his own people. You have to understand something. For those who acknowledge and know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they did so on their own volition and they made the choice to do so. And the choice is made to either accept or reject Christ. And he will judge his own people. He's right. We're going to see him. We're going to have a different type of judgment where... It's going to be based upon what we've done in our life and where we are as believers. Uh, believers are going to face a, a judgment, too. There's going to be a judgment. It's not going to be about whether or not you have life or death, but it's about 
uh, honestly, the, your con- contributions to the kingdom. I, let's leave it there. That's the best way I can put it. We're going to be judged in some way, shape, or form, and we're going to be judged in such a way where um, you're going to want to fall on your face probably and just hide um, because you're going to be going before a holy God who uh, is righteous, and frankly, his righteousness has always been at the forefront. He tells us about this, and he also wants to rec- people have people recognize, too, that those who like, deny Christ... Uh, there will be uh, atonement for that. Uh, they will have to atone for that. They will have to take that into account um, when they are judged. Um, the great white throne judgment is the judgment that they will face in that situation. Okay, God's power is awesome. Oh, verse 31, it is a terrible thing to fall in the hands of the living God. I want to cover that because that uh, that part is <laughs> pretty important. God's power is awesome and his punishment is terrible. Isn't that, isn't that an awful thing to say? Well, guess what? Um, if you want somebody to sugarcoat or candy coat this message for you, you've come to the wrong place. Uh, God's power is awesome, but his punishment is terrible. For those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, there's nothing good about being in an eternal flame and your soul doesn't burn up. It's there. You can feel the pain. You can feel the heat. You can feel the discomfort. That just goes back to Luke, the rich man and Lazarus. Just read the account of the rich man in hell and what his experience was. And perhaps the most interesting experience he had is that he could see Abraham uh, being comforted. Um, And so when you can see something and you can't get to it, because there's no way you can get out of that, uh, uh, the great abyss who is... Uh, preventing you from crossing or getting to that place where Abraham is going to be or Abraham is, that's pretty tough to know that you could have had that and you didn't get it. Uh, I I envision that for everybody who is going to hell. I I have a feeling they're going to have that um, moment where they're going to see where they could have been and because they denied Christ, they can't get there. Um, God's holiness is, is in play here. He is holy. He's sovereign. He's unlimited. He does what he promises to do. He keeps his promises. It's a tough thing for us to reconcile that sometimes, but he does keep his promises. He he doesn't forget. The judgment is for those who rejected God's mercy. It's a bad experience. It's a dreadful experience. After you die, you can't make any more excuses. You can't say, Lord, I would have done this if. Lord, I would have made the decision for you if. No, that wouldn't work either. The rich man already knows it's too late. Can't do anything about it. He's looking for help to try to cool off. That's all he's got going for him that, at that point. He's looking for himself to, to cool off, and he wants Abraham uh, to go and warn or have the, have the, the uh, Lazarus go and warn uh, the people uh, that he left behind uh, because he knows what that fate is that he's facing right now, that they will face the same fate. He already knows they don't know the Lord either. We all know people like this. We need to understand that it's very important for people, to, for us to pray for those people before it's too late. Pray for those individuals. This is what the Hebrews writer was getting at here, the writer of Hebrews. Telling the Jew, Jewish Christians, don't go back to the old covenant. The old covenant is no longer in effect. It's the new covenant. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ or bust. 
You, you have to go with Jesus on this. There's no half-stepping. There's no dancing on a fence. There's no playing games. Because um, you're not going back and forth. Once you accept Christ, there's no going backwards when it comes to eternal life because you recognize the importance of acknowledging Jesus as Lord. But there's no going back and forth business. Either you make the commitment or you don't. That's how it works. And for those who accept Christ's love and his salvation, the coming judgment is no, no cause for worry. There's no need to worry about it because we're saved by grace. We have nothing to fear. One last passage and we're going to uh, end it. 1 John 4.18 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Amen. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Now, let, let's be really, really clear about this. I said I was going to end here, and I, I want to because of time, but I want, to understand, I want you to understand something here. You don't accept Jesus Christ because you're going to be punished if you don't. You get that? It's not because of the punishment. You may have a fear. No, no one wants to be punished. Let's start with that, right? But you're accepting Jesus Christ because of his goodness, because of what he's done for you. That's the reason you do it. You are motivated to do so when the Spirit speaks to you and when he spoke to you because you recognize Jesus Christ's goodness. He's the one to look to. He is the one to turn to as Lord and Savior of your life. That's why you do it. You don't do it because you're afraid of being punished. And maybe if you did do that and you acknowledged Christ as Lord when you thought there was going to be a punishment, you're learning more about him to see that it's God's goodness is the reason why you really did it. It's not just because of the punishment. You have to go further than that, obviously. We don't, you never make a decision because you're trying to avoid something. You make a decision because you want to do something that's beneficial for you. And being uh, acknowledging Christ as Lord is beneficial. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've given to us to just study your word, hear your word through the power of the Spirit, acknowledge the importance of following you and looking to you. Lord, you know the hearts of every person who's listening right now. I thank you for those individuals, but I pray for those who do not know who you are. I pray for them to have the experience of a lifetime, the Holy Spirit speaking to them in ways that are unconditional and that there's no way that they can't hear it and that they recognize the importance of acknowledging you as Lord and Savior of their lives. I thank you for that teaching. I thank you for the encouragement as well. And Lord, it's a tough topic to teach sometimes, but it's not tough for those of us who have a relationship with you. It's tougher for those who don't. I pray that it is always taken in the best possible spirit in regards to the message being good for the other person and not something that would turn them away from you. I just give you thanks and praise, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. This was a, a longer Sunday school than normal, but, boy, it, it, it covered a great deal. Um, I'm off to Akron. I'll be down there and see you guys uh for today's message on keeping up the pace. Uh, you guys take care of yourselves. We will see you next time.